Hey everyone, welcome to the Lancaster Golf Performance Podcast. My name is Cam Lancaster, your host and founder of Lancaster Golf. So today we're doing I'm doing a solo podcast and we're talking a lot about how to avoid injury so you can come back and play your best golf for the next day. So this is something that I've really been seeing a lot in some of my students is the injuries are starting to pop up and injuries really not coming from the golf course. So I think you're getting a lot out of this in terms of you know, how to be able to come back the next day and train as hard as you want to be able to so you can keep making those 1% improvements. I'd also like to thank some of our supporters of our, of our brand, uh, Flightscope. We are an ambassador for them, so if you're looking for a Flightscope Mevo, just message me and you can get 10% off. would also like to thank Titles and Footjoy for supporting our brand through the last couple of years. Also would like to thank the Golfers Academy. That is where we host our indoor TrackMan lessons. And if you're looking to sign up for a TrackMan lesson with me, then you can message me either on Instagram at Lancaster Golf Performance or over email LancasterGolfAcademy at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today's going to be a pretty short podcast. Uh, you know, it's it's a topic that I've been wanting to address as of recent, just based upon some of the feedback I've been getting from some students. And I think it's something that I feel almost a little bit immune to at times because I've, you know, come into contact with a lot of issues in my own training with uh, injury and you know dealing with the uh, you know in particular lower back pain and sciatic back pain you know kind of running down the legs but I've been getting a lot of feedback lately that people are much more injured right and I think this is an important thing to discuss about you know all the work that you put into your swing there needs to be almost an equal amount of work that you put into recovery so you can show up to do the work uh, the next day and I think for most golfers you know high level golfers mid-range golfers club golfers it's not that there's a, a lack of desire to train. I think there's just a lack of desire to get up and want to do it when the body is feeling a certain way. So this is just going to be, you know, a very quick little toolkit for you. You know, some of the things that I have found to work for my students at a high level and then some of my students even at a mid-level. And I like to apply, you know, pretty much the same concepts unless there's some, you know, serious mobility issues. But, you know, and if we look at health from a holistic perspective, we can really, you know, clear up some of these issues people are having, and you know, just some of the feedback I've been getting a lot lately is, you know, back pain, uh, an injury in the wrist, uh, you know, some sort of injury in the lower body with the knees, hips, and it's funny, a lot of the a lot of the injuries don't actually come from golf. It comes from, you know, something we did in another sport, or it comes from, you know, work we do around the house, and you know, this is even for younger golfers too, right? So, I find golf is often the thing that's not going to injure you you know, maybe wear and tear over a longer time, but it's sort of this, this other stuff that we do that we don't really pay much attention to. So let's just kind of start off with, you know, if you're, if you do have a workout program, I would say that the best types of movements for your body are things that are full body and somewhat replicate a golf swing. So, you know, the big discoveries I've been having lately is, and I've even been able to put on about four miles an hour in a pretty quick stretch in about two weeks. And I, I, believe this is really coming from the specific work I've been doing in the gym so a lot of medicine ball movements you know slams side to side throws uh, from a from a bench press position throwing the ball above my head uh, and you know that that's been big for me because I find that I don't have that typical strain that I would get from lifting uh, you know even kettlebells and 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 typical dumbbells. So if you can get a medicine ball, I would say for women, you know, something a little heavier would be about 10 pounds. Men, you can probably handle a 20 pound, but really go within your limit as to as to what you like to do. And another thing that I'm, I'm big on is the types of 
the you know what are the reps and the sets so the traditional advice would be you know you do 10 reps uh, with a certain amount of sets until you pretty much go till failure the big change I've been having lately it comes from the school of thought from a guy named Pavel Tatsolini Joe Rogan talks a lot about him on his podcast and he talks a lot about how you know you should almost feel like you're fully recovered into your next set do less more sets and less reps so as a you know what I typically do in most workouts would be about 10 reps of a movement four sets four to five sets from feeling six sets from feeling good but I've actually switched it up and been able to get in more work with less reps so now my workouts are looking like five to six reps for each movement but I'm going to do more than double so maybe 11 to 12 sets and it honestly you know getting through five to six sets it's a pretty easy ask for my body sorry five to six uh, reps so that that's a big one for me and I've been seeing that you know I've been able to come back to the gym the next day and do it over again without any strain on the body and that again kind of plays into the school of thought from you hear this in a lot of a lot of athletes who have been able to play late in the career to a high level the the one that sticks out for me is uh, GSP and GSP's whole school of thought is that you know you should be able to come back and do that same workout the next day without any strain and it's that whole concept of one percent better it's something that Paul Check talks a lot about in his programming that you should be able to add one percent to your workout every day without much strain I think a lot of people are just pushing themselves too hard in the gym when they get the opportunity to and just kind of to stick with the the whole concept of staying in the gym if you can spend you know 40 30 to 40 if you have an hour let's say you have an hour to work out a day if you can spend 30 to 40 minutes on your on your lift and then 20 minutes daily on stretching i think that's a thing that's really going to keep you coming back to the gym every day so what i like to do with my stretching routine is i'm going to do mobility stretching to warm up so a lot of you know thinking about the the arms windmill movements with the arms uh, those ballerina kicks out to the side with the legs, you know, a lot of quick squats, even holding a squat, you know, mobility kind of hip openers. Those are really key to get the body warm and flowing so you're not creating any chance for an injury during the workout. And then at the end of the workout, do a static stretch. So, you know, the way I like to do a static stretch is to really couple it with good breathing. I, this is, I've, you know, I've shouted it out so many times before, but if you can look up the stretching routine and in the book how to eat move and be healthy by paul check you can actually probably even follow it online just type in stretch test sheet it brings you through 20 stretches and it really goes from neck all the way down to your toes and it builds you this this really simple to follow stretching routine i think the key with that one and any static stretching that you like to do is is to really couple it with good solid breathing if, if the breathing isn't there then you're you're opening up the opportunity for there to be an acute injury so you know smarter reps smarter movements in the gym and then stretching, you know, keep your give yourself the chance to be able to come back the next day and do it again. And if you don't have that sort of drive to be able to do it the next day, then that's the day that you take the day off and you just stretch and you go for a light walk. So another big thing I've added to my training program recently has been heat therapy and cold therapy mixed in together. So I got myself a home sauna unit. You can get it on if Amazon and I only spent about $450 on it. I've been going in it daily anywhere from 15 minutes to 30 minutes and I find it's just a really good time for me to also do some you know I, I kind of combine uh, meditation work and stretching in, into that whole routine there so it probably takes me about 30 minutes and I you know I'm I'm talking a lot about meditation these days but I'm you know the first one to admit that meditation is probably the thing I've been worst at in terms of skill sets for golf improvement over the years I've never been able to hold a meditation routine for more than a couple weeks and I'm about five weeks into this 
uh, you know, having the sauna. And I don't think I've missed a day of meditation just because I have a place to go to. And there's really, you know, I can't bring my phone in there because it'll overheat. I just have, you know, one one headphone and I go in there and I really just am able to plug out and I'm going to do some static stretching in there as well, too. So after that, probably go for a cold shower. I have a little cold plunge pool that I'm starting to use as well, too. So the heat and the cold therapy combined is is really key for me in terms of being able to you know eradicate that. It, for me, it's always the nagging lower back pain, and I find that I've been able to go day by day and just eliminate that back pain, so I can you know get to the next day and really train hard. So moving into you know, let's talk about how can we use our nutrition to aid in our recovery, so we can put in more reps on the golf course. the The first thing I say to people when when they have a, an injury of some sort that's usually revolving around inflammation would be to dose turmeric every day. So I've been up to, I started with one tablespoon just in water or in a shake, and now I'm up to about four tablespoons a day. And I have a turmeric creamer for my coffee. And then and then with my uh, athletic green supplement, I'll also dose turmeric. And, and that's been a really big help for me. It's just super anti-inflammatory. I mean, I'm definitely not one to talk about the specifics on the benefits of it, but I can just tell you from my firsthand experience, it's definitely been a game changer. And, you know, the obvious advice would be to eliminate as much gluten as possible in your diet. That's going to cause more inflammation. But for me, you know, I, I'm not a purist. Like, and if you, if you see me, it's not like I have a, a body that's, you know, built like a Greek god. I still, you know, could probably lose a little bit of weight. I still could get better in certain areas. But I've been able to consistently, you know, see my numbers on TrackMan go up because I've just had a bit of a smarter diet. I still like to eat pizza once a week. I still like to eat Indian food once a week. But the other 80 to 90 percent of my diet is going to be pretty clean. So, you know, I I'm not a big big vegetable eater. So I try and get my vegetables through a, through a green shake every day, and then through the athletic green supplement, like I mentioned there. And I just like to eat a lot of clean stuff, like eggs. You know, a lot of good clean meat. And beyond that, you know, just simple stuff like uh, tempeh and chickpea pasta. So really, just try and eat as much clean organic food as possible. So the next thing I would say is, you know, if you're, you know, let's talk about more golf specific stuff. And this is the one thing I harp on with clients that come to me when we're trying a new motor pattern, especially golfers who I can see have a little bit more of limitations in their in their mobility and rotation is when we introduce a new pattern to the golf swing, the body is going to be stressed out and it's not going to want to take it on. So go slow with it. Right. And this is a perfect time of year. We're in November. There's not a lot of golf to play, especially if you're uh, from the part of the world that I am the snow is going to be on the ground in a couple of weeks. So if you can go to a coach who really understands biomechanics at a deep level and they can give you a new movement pattern, take it, take time with it, right? Like oftentimes I see golfers, they want to try something new with their driver and they're going to go full out on it and they haven't really let it sort of sink in with the wedges or the mid irons. And usually they're going to start building, you know, you know, they're going to start building that mechanical, that new mechanical pattern and they're going to build a lack of confidence with it right so i have a, a pdf i send out to every new client it's called the swing changes and stretching guide so it's five stretches that you can do on a daily basis very simple and then also some key points about you know the, the story i always bring up is how tiger made his swing change and i think it's probably the in in 98 99 i think it's probably the most famous swing change of all time because of how much time he gave himself to learn these new motor patterns and you know he's referenced this before in interviews and so is butch Harmon, where there was times for certain, you know, motor patterns that Tiger was trying to learn, whether it be, you know, not releasing the hips so much and, you know, eliminating that move across the top where he'd spend maybe four to five months swinging at 50% swing speed. 
on that certain movement, really letting it seep in and realizing that, okay, I might sacrifice one to two years of golf to, you know, play the next 30 to 40 to, you know, whatever, 20 years with a new movement pattern that's really going to help me play my best golf, right? So I've, and I'm guilty of this as well too. In the past, I've taken a new movement pattern from my coach and, and tried to implement it into my swing. And, you know, I go full out with it on the driver, on the golf course. And I always use this analogy. It's, it's like, it's like taking a, a brand new driver who's 16 years old and he's, you know, he's getting his uh, new license and you put him on a NASCAR track in a, in a NASCAR and you, you, you know, you tell him to just gun it and he crashes into the wall. Now the consequences of, of the golf swing are not as much, but for some people, it, it can mean a back injury, it could mean a wrist injury, a knee injury that keeps them out for that much longer. And then when they come back to golf, that golfer doesn't really want to particularly try and change things. They'd rather just keep things the same because they're worried about that happening again. So oftentimes, like even for me, I'm going to spend at least a thousand reps on a movement without hitting a golf ball in slow motion before I actually put it into my golf swing, right? And I just respect the fact that, you know, this is going to take time. So, you know, the, the, the one I always reference to is I had a major problem in my swing coming into impact with the left arm getting disconnected from my body. Uh, I'm a right-handed golfer, so you can think about the lead arm, and it would look like a little bit of that Jordan Spieth action, chicken wing through impact. So for months, I would just, you know, tuck my left shirt under my armpit and drill in slow motion and, and get that feeling of connection down around the impact zone. And eventually, you know, you start to put, I've started to put it on video over and over again, and it just started to seep in naturally. Now, in the past, I remember working on a wrist angle drill. It was sort of the first time I worked on wrist angles, and I went to town on it. And I was really getting that, you know, bowed look in my wrist. This was when I was about 18, 19, when I was still playing competitively. And for about a good solid, you know, two months, I drilled, drilled it as hard as I could, as fast as I could, and I tore my bicep. And that sort of derailed me from wanting to work on my swing for years where I just wanted to go out and play and shoot my best. And ultimately, I maybe got, you know, one or two shots better over a, a five to six year span. But if I had taken that slower, I probably would have been, you know, X amount better just by, you know, really giving it the time. So with those new swing movements, take take time, put it on video as much too as possible and ensure that you're doing it right and you're not building a motor pattern that you think is right. But when we actually put it on video, it's it's incorrect. And that goes for, for the gym too. I typically don't like uh, filming myself doing doing workouts because I think I can, you know, there's people out there that could do them a lot better. But that's been a big breakthrough for me too is also putting, uh, you know, a squat on, on video or a lunge on video and comparing to someone who has very good form and just ensuring that, okay, where, where are the inefficiencies happening and how can I correct them for the next, the next one? And, and with that too, the gym stuff that goes into the golf swing, stuff that I just mentioned too about taking it slow is maybe do 80% of the weight that you think you can actually do or 80% of the reps that you could actually do. Just like that GSP concept, I'd rather you be able to show up the next day and be able to do it. So just a couple things to end off with. Recovery, you know, knowing when to rest and knowing how much to rest is very key as well too. So, you know, you might have three to four days of really solid training in a row and the next three days you need to take off just to recover so you can let the body recover and heal and add back for the next time. As a rule of thumb, I always say, and this is this comes from just our the way we evolved as humans, and this comes from the Paul Czech school of thought, is we operate best on the cycles of the sun. So if you can get to bed by 10 to 10.30 every night, wake up by 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., that's more your body's more synced to the natural cycles of the sun. 
you're going to be able to get that you know that deep sleep that you really need to get the the brain healing and the mind and the and the body healing a lot of the times injuries happen when we're making poor decisions and if you're sleeping poorly you're eating poorly you're hydrating poorly you're more likely to to you know have cognitive decline and make decisions that are you know just something you wouldn't make under you know if you're feeling good and final thing i would say is hydrate if you can you know drink uh half your ounces in uh what's the calculation again half your kilograms in in uh in ounces of water a day and then maybe add another another bottle of water on top of that especially if you're training and doing the other stuff like the sauna that i mentioned that's key and you know, if you find that you're you're hydrating quite a bit and it's hard for you to retain water, then lemon and pink salt is something that you can add to. Okay, so that's it for the show today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that's really going to help you in, in your journey to improve and get better as a golfer. If there's any topics, like I said in the last podcast, that you'd like me to discuss, I'm definitely open to talking all things golf improvement. We don't like to, you know, just focus in on one particular topic. We're going to talk about biomechanics, short game improvement, course management strategies. We're going to bring on guests that really excite you guys so you can play your best golf. Best of luck and happy golfing.